0: It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: This is Baldi's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian
2: Baldinger and Jason LaConfora and Odyssey Sports Original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldi's Breakdowns. We are coming to you live on the Odyssey app or iTunes or Spotify. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast goodness. We are getting closer to the draft. I, Jason Lockinfora, at Jason Fora, cannot wait to get this thing going in Cleveland. I know my main man, Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL. Feels the same way. It's silly season. There's a lot of stuff out there. You're trying to weed through um, fact and fiction and when you're being spun and when you're being informed. Uh, It's it's quite a dance we do this time of year, Baldy. But at the end of the day, that's why I covet the chance to talk to somebody like Baldy here on this very pod. Because as they say, the eye in the sky don't lie. And Baldy is watching the film baldy is evaluating these players um and baldy thankfully had a few minutes to to come up from from the uh from the film room to chat with us how, how are you doing brother and uh how is your draft uh pre- preparation you know, going i'm doing great jason thanks uh happy birthday to you by the way i i, I thank you very much Baldy. i'm not thank sure you. that we keep track
1: anymore jason yeah we'll yeah i i point. yeah <laughs> uh,
2: i think i'm 47 but whatever. Yeah.
1: Maybe your kids will put a cake in front of you here later tonight. Possibly. Um, no? Possibly. <laughs> All right. But I'm, I'm good. I, I mean, I actually love this time of the season. I love kind of cross-checking what I see mm-hmm. with certain people that I really trust. I know you do the same in this business. Uh, some things jump off the film as, you know, red flags or flags or, man, this doesn't look right. But, you know, ultimately scouting is really the study of movement. And when you see elite movement consistently over a period of time, you know you start to you, you know you, you start to see things of traits, consistent traits mm-hmm. that really can project to the NFL. And then sometimes you just see flashes and you go, he might be good. I don't see it very often you know I mean so and then it's just, gosh, some teams just coach players better than other teams. And so you, you get surprises. I remember this time uh, in 2017, Jason, where there wasn't an analyst out there that said Patrick Mahomes didn't have, you know, major fundamental flaws thrown the football, yep. yep. and he had to clean so much stuff up. And he's simply been the best player in the league for the last three years. So we all make mistakes. It's it's such an inexact science, and all we can try to do. Is try to learn from our mistakes and sometimes we do and sometimes we don't so i love the entire process uh i'm right where i need to be i'm in my film room right now um you know i'm I'm watching all these guys and
2: re-watching these guys everybody does a little bit different but
1: you know this this is a good time
2: it is indeed and we will spend quite a bit of time going through the top five quarterbacks in this draft we will break down a little bit of the second tier of, of offensive linemen. We know there's two tackles. You're going to hear their name called uh, pretty quickly here when, when things get underway in a couple weeks. Uh, we'll talk about the pass rush class as well. I find myself a little underwhelmed by what I see and more to the point by what I hear about these prospects. I want to get Baldy's take on that. Um, and, and let's start with the quarterbacks, Baldy. Uh, Trevor Lawrence... I don't know that there's a whole lot of projection with him. His body of work, I think, speaks for itself. Doing great things at the highest level of college football for a sustained period of time. Uh, He will be the first overall pick. I think he'd be the first overall pick in most NFL drafts, or certainly many. Um, And we'll we'll see what Urban Meyer can do with him. You know,
1: so the hyperbole around Trey, you know, Trevor Lawrence right now is just a generational talent. People have been using that phrase now. But really, if you go back and you just look at his history. He's going back to Cartersville, Georgia. I mean, he gets called up in the spring of his 8th grade to go start practicing with the varsity. You know, going from 8th, just think about yourself in 8th grade, anybody in
2: 8th grade. Forget about He's,
1: it. Forget about it. Up, you know, in the spring of his 8th grade year in junior high school, to go play with the varsity, and he starts the next next 54 games in a row at Cartersville High School, wins two state championships. They basically got a $20 million stadium at Cartersville Stadium down in Cartersville, Georgia right now because of Trevor Lawrence. And then, you know, Debo gets him. He comes to Clemson. He wins the job within the first month. And he goes and takes on Alabama and whips Alabama, you know, as an 18-year-old yeah. freshman. I mean, he's dominated this game for the last eight years. And so and so the next step is Jacksonville in the NFL. I mean, there's nothing not to like. There's just nothing. I mean, it's prototypical size. And you can talk to, you know, my good friend is Daniel Jeremiah. He's been doing this a long time. Yes, sir. Um, he's very qualified. He's great at what he does. But, you know, gonna yes. tell you he's in that category of Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, you know, John Elwood, he's just in that category. And so does that mean he can't miss? Not necessarily. He still has to go
2: do it, but that's the company that you're talking about right now. And we're pretty convinced at this point, at least I am. And I think I can speak for you on this Baldy that uh, Zach Wilson from BYU will be the second overall pick. The jets will be selecting him to, um, Come on down. You're the next participant and be the Jets franchise quarterback. Uh, a lot of guys have failed. We'll see if 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 Zach Wilson can succeed. Um, I don't think when the season started that a lot of people had him pegged as the second overall pick in the draft, but, Baldy, that's why they play the games. They
1: do, and, you know, he had a shoulder surgery last year, which really was a problem for him the year before in 2019. And he had a great year. And when you watch him, there's not a game that you could put on where there aren't certain throws that just wows you. Now, mm-hmm. part of the problem is we've been watching Aaron Rodgers do this for a decade and a half. And we've been watching Patrick Mahomes make throws like this for the last three years. And so you 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 just naturally start drawing comps to those two players, the way he throws the football. And then if you, you just look at his mechanics, you look at his ball handling, you look at the way that he gets rid of the ball, the way he goes through progressions, you just go, he's got everything it takes to be successful at this level. You kind of vet him a little bit and what kind of person he's going to be. And is he going to be the first in and last out? All that stuff. That's, that's who he is. And so the arm talent, it you it, it can't be really underscored enough. Just how special it looks. Everybody has to go do it. You got to stay healthy. Um, you got to play 16 every year. All that stuff has to happen, but There's a a lot to work with. And I think Joe Douglas and the Jets are very comfortable by what they have seen, um, and that's why they jettisoned Sam Darnold.
2: And this is going to be an interesting dynamic, Baldy, because the two kids you just talked about, I think are going to end up being plug-and-play. They're going to start um, from week one on. The rest of this class, though, I think it's going to be kind of old school. In whatever order they go, I think you're going to see them red shirted or at least not really starting in the first half of the season. The team's not really making any um, not 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 even trying to hide that. I I think that's kind of going to be baked into the process. Um, They had a season compromised by covid. We haven't seen as much of some of these kids as we'd like as we'd like to. Some of their sample sizes aren't as large as you'd like. and, And there's obviously some projecting going on the draft starts at three with the san francisco 49ers they will be taking either mac jones or trey lance or justin fields as we record this podcast um their fields is is doing his big workout and um we'll see what impressions that makes on the 49ers of that group is there one you like more than the others is there one that you think fits best for kyle shanahan what would you do with this pick baldy
1: well two things here just to go back to you know uh, if we start to draft at three with San Francisco and what they're going to do, uh, these guys are, you know, a red shirt, it's a red shirt year. Well, that might be true. Um, that might happen, but none of them, not, nobody knows. I mean, Justin Herbert was supposed to have a red shirt year. True. And thank <laughs> goodness, he, he, he got in there week two because we saw, and, and, and you know, if we redrafted last year, I mean, if Miami had to do this all over again, I mean, Maybe even Cincinnati had to do it all over again. Maybe Justin Herbert's the first pick in the draft. The yeah, that he played. So nobody knows. I mean, I, they they said the same thing about you know Carson Wentz in 2016, and you know they traded Sam Bradford yep. for the start of the season. They started. It was the right move. Baker Mayfield. They're going to start Terod Taylor. They should have started Baker. They should. But, yeah. But so you, you really don't know. Now to get to your point about San Francisco, I I watched all these quarterbacks. I don't know how. Justin Fields isn't even in the conversation at two, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. like I don't know what there is isn't to like about him. Is he as consistent as you want him to be? No, he isn't. But if you look at his game against Clemson, you might take him number one. He might, you know, he might be the best player in the country. But if you're looking at the way the game is played right now, and we have to eliminate Tom Brady, just, just eliminate him because there's nobody else that plays a game like him. And Drew Brees retired. So just eliminate those guys from the conversation about how to play quarterback. But if you're not mobile, if you can't get away from the rush, if you can't extend plays the way Mahomes does, Deshaun Watson does, you know, Baker does in his own way. I mean, all these guys. If you can't – Aaron Rodgers for a year – for 15 years. If you can't do that, I don't think you're going to survive, and I don't think you're going to be an elite offense. So nobody does it better than Justin Fields. Now, I mean, the speed – the arm strength, it's all there. Does he go through progressions the way, say, Mac Jones does? I don't know. Um, right. You can see Mac Jones kind of like a Ginsu knife going through progressions at times. He also played with an NFL team. Um, it made it a little bit easier. So, to me, like I know Kyle Shanahan knows Justin Fields well. He he was with – he is part of quarterback collective. I work with quarterback collective. Right. He was with Justin Fields coming out of high school. He's been around him. He's coached him. He's tutored him. He stayed in touch with him. I don't think, you know, you make too much out of the fact that the same day Mac Jones had his workout, Justin Fields had his at Ohio State, and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch went to Alabama to watch Mac Jones. But they're, they're, they're in, um, you know, they're at Ohio State today watching Justin Fields. To me, I I don't know how. San Francisco, first of all, when San Francisco traded up from 12 to 3, they knew exactly who they wanted. Like I don't think it's, well, let's go evaluate these guys and let's right. let's them. Right. I think they know. Now they're doing their diligence. It's important to be there. It's it's a good visual to be at all these guys, you know, days, especially when you're gonna draft a quarterback. But I find it hard to believe that Justin Fields isn't gonna be a 49er.
2: I keep going back to that as well, Baldy. And when I talk to GMs I know and trust, who everybody evaluates the quarterbacks, but I'm talking to guys who aren't in that mix. They don't have a dog in the fight. I wrote two months ago, get ready for Justin Fields' slander. He's going to be the kid that all the arrows are thrown at. But people who just watch him play say, guess what? If Trevor Lawrence isn't in this draft— Urban Meyer is jumping on him first overall and calling it a win. But yeah. now we're supposed to think he's maybe the fifth best quarterback in this draft because the way he, quote unquote, does or doesn't read the second and third tier of the defense. Like, I- I'm with you, Baldy. None of this has passed my smell test. Maybe sure. it is Mac Jones. I'm not saying I know, but I find myself, and I've written about this extensively at cbsports.com, I find myself skeptical that they could fall so in love with Mac Jones off of what he's done to make a move this drastic. It's one of the great things about the draft and the drama that comes with it. We don't know. It sounds like, obviously, Fields is your number three. Who is your number four? If you were the Atlanta Falcons and the 49ers take Mac Jones, are you jumping on Justin Fields there? And and who do you have after Fields? Is it Jones uh, or is it Lance?
1: I, I have I have Mac Jones. Just the level of competition, um, you know, taking over for two and playing well, running through the entire lineup this year. I mean, I've never seen anybody at any level complete 77% of their passes. Now, you could say that, you know, nobody else is throwing to, you know, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. Right. I mean, right. and that's true. That is true. And nobody has an NFL offense line in front of him. All that is true, but still, he, he still has the footwork, the mechanics um, to make these throws, to, to to make the right read, to eliminate, you know, the bad plays, to get into the right. He still has all of that. I mean, Sarkeesian is an elite play caller. Uh, he, he's working with a guy that thinks like an NFL coordinator. Um, and so I think that all helped, but, you know, Matt Jones, to me, look, if Atlanta, if I if I was Atlanta, if I was, you know, Terry Fontenot, if I was just, you know, this new group in Atlanta, I mean, I I would just trade back. I would, this team is so incomplete. Yes. They, yes. They, they need the yes. entire new secondary for the most part. I mean, just to start with, um, they have struck out mightily on all the pass rushers that they drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. They're not there. Um, one isn't even in the league. So they, they have whiffed badly. To me, I think a lot of teams, and Atlanta's one of them, should just take a page from the Washington football team and just look what they're doing. They're building a monster on defense. They're adding pieces on offense. Uh, they'll draft an offensive lineman. They'll they'll keep drafting. You know, they'll draft a, a corner, probably a say, You know, they'll draft more. And whoever... You know, takes over for Ryan Fitzpatrick next year. I mean, they're going to be a really good football team, the way Tampa was a really good football team when they put Brady in place. And so, Atlanta to me, if they could find a trade, because I I don't believe that a lot of what a lot of people say, well, it's better to draft a quarterback too early than too late. I don't don't even understand it. There's nothing wrong with Matt Ryan right now, nothing. Um, If you draft Mac Jones there, at four, that's fine. You're probably drafting your next Matt Ryan. And it would make sense to watch and study because that's basically who he is. So I, I could say that, you know, Matt Jones, okay, the understudy to Matt Ryan, fine. You've got something in place there. But it's a, it's a terrible team. Um, they keep showing you that it's a terrible team. So, yes. what, so why wouldn't you – if Denver if New England if somebody wants yes. to come up there to get their quarterback Jason take the phone call listen to the cachet yes. think about what you can do with that that that's me in Atlanta at 4
2: now you got a very young coach and a rookie GM and I think they if they how do you not want to have as many quills in your uh archery bag or whatever they call it right? i mean we're talking about shooting darts so why would you not want to have six or seven extra darts to throw given where that franchise is right now. I'm with you. If you made me do a mock draft right now, I would have the New England Patriots coming up to four to get a quarterback. But you're right. It could be Denver. I think at the end of the day, Denver trades for Teddy Bridgewater, Mm -hmm. uh, Baldy. And I think Denver will will not be in this quarterback market in terms of the draft. Uh, But Chicago, would they be ballsy enough to do it again? I don't know, but it's a possibility. I'm hearing a lot about Minnesota. And quarterbacks, mm-hmm. um, and 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 Sean Payton. I don't know that anybody wants to drop back that far, but if one of these kids falls into the teens, I think Sean Payton would probably uh, try to pounce. I mean, they, this league, they
1: were in the Sam Bradford deal, they would yes. have taken Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. I mean, I think yes. Sean Payton is is looking at every quarterback every yes. year, and he just know. I mean, I just think he has a great feel for the position, having played it, having coached so many players at it. Like he just knows guys that could. I mean, if Justin Fields somehow dropped out of the, I don't know. I mean, I can't see this happening. But if he dropped beyond nine, I mean, I don't think the Saints would like hesitate to yeah. go make a move to
2: for Justin. With you. Fields. I am completely with you now. Whether you could convince someone in the top ten to drop back that far um, remains to be seen. But where with Sean Payton, where there's a will, there's a way. Um, that leaves Trey Lance as your number five QB, Baldy. What what? Obviously, the kid has not played much football, and the football he's played hasn't been at the level of competition that a Fields uh, and a Trevor Lawrence is seeing every week. Uh, w- where do you stand on on Trey Lance?
1: I, you know, I, 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 he's number five, and really, if you look, I mean, I just watched his game this year against Central Arkansas. He was awful. Now, I, I understand it was a one-game deal. They were just trying to get a, a game in. They did it. They did it home. He was terrible in the game. Um, so I don't know if teams just, you know, if it's just, uh, you know, um, give him a Mulligan, it's just a Mulligan, and you go okay. But I mean, you fumbles, interceptions. He had one interception. He could have easily thrown three. Um, you know. The windup looks pretty excessive to me. I remember there was a time when Kerry Collins had a major red flag, and he had to change his entire, you know, motion in order to really survive in the league. I mean, this is stuff I see. I mean, I guess you could go back to 2019 and see a 16 and 0 team, and you know, I don't know, James Madison might float your boat against competition, whatever. And people want to say, okay, it's a pro offense. It is like most of his throws are, are off play action. I mean, play action is great. Um, a lot of teams are really in the NFL are really good at it. Kirk Cousins is really good at right. it. Right. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could be really good at it. A lot of teams could be really well, – what are you doing on third and 12 when you got to play quarterback? <laughs> you got to drop back and read a defense and make stick throws against great elite athletes playing man coverage against the blitz. Like, what are you doing? Because that's where these guys get separated, all right? And, you know, do they, do they hang in there, take the hit, make the throw – um, not many guys are really good at it. To be honest with you, and so right. that's what I'm looking. Trey Lance to me doesn't look like a starting quarterback next year in this league. Um, you, you know, you can say last year if you went back, even went back to Justin Herbert last year, people had questions about him, but he played three years at Oregon, and he was the MVP of his of a Rose Bowl game. I mean, the guy played a lot of big games and a lot of games. I, I think. We, we, we now just sort of, because of the quarterback portal and all the stuff that goes on, we just say, well, if quarterback played one year, fine. Well, it's, I don't think it is fine. I right. think I'd want my quarterbacks to play, you know, as close to 30 or more games as you can. Philip Rivers played 50. You know, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, all these guys played a lot of football. Um, Deshaun Watson played a lot of football. Baker played a lot of ball. Uh, you know, there's something about, That position, Jason, where the number of games that you play is so important to get the jitters out, to play in different conditions, to play on the road, to play when you're not at full strength. I mean, all those things you find out more and more about a player. And when if you have 17 games as your your, uh, resume, like Trey Lance does, it's just not enough for me to really fall in love with him.
2: No, I, I, I hear you. I, I think too little is being made of of the fact that there's so much we really don't know about this kid's development and how much you're really just projecting here and probably crossing your fingers um, to some degree.
1: Well, what happens, Jason, what happens is, you know, Josh Allen, you know, has this meteoric rise from a guy at Wyoming that didn't play against great competition, but he played a lot of football at Wyoming, which was yes. a real feather in his cap. But we see this three-year jump that he's made with an organization that has done everything right. I mean, absolutely, like, letter perfect in how they built the team. The trade for Stephon Diggs couldn't have been any better. I mean, everything that they've done has been textbook. And it, it has helped allow him to develop. But people just want to say, okay, Trey Lance, the next Josh Allen. Well, he's not as big as Josh Allen. I don't think he's as athletic as Josh Allen. Um, you, you know, I mean, I just think there's, and he didn't play as much football as Josh. I saw when people say, "Well, he could be Josh Allen." Well, he might. I'm not gonna say that he can't be, um, but I think there's a lot of differences between Josh Allen and the team that he went to, and how they've done this with him, yeah. and what Trey Lance is.
2: Yeah. No, that's a that's a, that is a excellent point. Um, well, Baldy, we we've gone far enough without talking about the big the big guys yep. in the trenches. We know you love those offensive linemen. Um, just wondering, want to get your, your? I'm going to throw a three-parter at you here, Baldy. Um, yep. Your overall sort of impression of this class, how you think it rates. Um, Slater and Sewell is, is, is the kid from Oregon, absolutely, positively the best tackle in this draft. And then who do you like in that next tier? I hear a lot of buzz about the kid Vera Tucker from USC. I hear a lot of people now that he's healthy, um, think Landon Landon uh, Dickerson out of mm-hmm. uh, out of Alabama. Alabama might go higher than people think. Um, just want to get your thoughts on those topics. Yeah.
1: Well, first of all, I mean, you know, you always like last year's group is still fresh in my mind, and I mean, what Tristan Wurst did, you know, with the 12th pick in Tampa last year was amazing. Yeah, I think he played every snap. He was an absolute stud. I mean, you couldn't dream of drafting a player any better than that at that position and the way that he played. He completely solidified the line in Tampa. And it was a big reason why they did what they did. I don't see Tristan worse in this draft. Um, What Mekhi Becton can be, I don't see in this draft. Uh, He's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay on the field. But his physical ability to dominate, I don't see in this draft. Um, Jedrick Wills was fantastic in Cleveland. And he played on what I thought was the best offensive line of football. Mm -hmm. And he was a right tackle at Alabama, played left tackle just fine in Cleveland. It helps going against Miles Garrett every day in practice. But he was a stud. I just don't see – but what I don't see that level, I think this is a very deep class. I like Panay Sewell. I think he's got a long way to go. Um, I don't think it helped him that – and I like Rashawn Slater – it doesn't help them that they sat out this year. Nobody Shit. improves by sitting out. But that was their decision. Um, I, I, but that being said, I like Slater better than Sewell. I, I think that he is not quite as athletic when he gets out in space, but he takes excellent angles. I think he can play anywhere on the offensive line. I think he would be a Pro Bowl offensive guard the way Zach Martin is. Um, but I think he could definitely play tackle. Sewell, I mean, people want to say he's Jonathan Ogden, he's not. I think when you watch him against Auburn, when you watch him against Wisconsin, he struggled against better competition. There was not one good pass rusher in the Pac-12 that he had to worry about. So I have a little bit of hesitation against Panay Sewell, but physically you you really can't get a whole lot better than that. Although he's on the ground too much for me. He's on the ground. I I, I played with an offensive lineman in Indianapolis, Ray Donaldson. Um, he used to say that he had a bad Sunday if he was ever on the ground. And I used to always remember that, like, stay on your feet. Um, if you're throwing a blade 20 yards down the field to cut somebody, fine. But you can't be on the ground and be a good player. You mentioned uh, a guy, Landon Dickerson. I know people, you know, are, are looking at his injury history, and it's real. To me, he's the, he's the, the only offensive lineman I've seen in the last three years that can compare to what Quentin Nelson has been. I mean, he's as nasty as Quentin Nelson. He looks as big and powerful as Quentin Nelson. He moves people and finishes like Quentin. He's as much fun to watch of anybody I've watched over the last three years since I've watched uh, Quentin, and nobody is more fun to watch than Quentin Nelson for me. Lennon Dickerson is a guy that if you can get past the injuries – you got to fall in love with him because he, he can be an all-pro center. He can be an all-pro offensive guard. There's no question in my mind if he stays healthy. Yeah, but the, the knees are, have been an issue. But he is, he's an earth mover. Um, he is a nasty, nasty player, and he's got tremendous power. You mentioned Ali Vera Tucker. There's nothing not to like about Ali Vera Tucker. I mean, he's he's close to Landon Dickerson. I don't think he's the same. He played left tackle this year at USC, played guard in between. He's got everything you want. I mean, he's a really good football player. Um, he could start at guard for just about any team in this league right now. Anywhere he goes, he's going to be your starting guard, and I don't think he's going to have a problem making the transition. He, he's a really good football player, really good. Um, I love Christian Darrisaw at Virginia Tech. Uh, he improved every year there. I think he's a left tackle. I mean, if I had to compare him to somebody right now, you know, I, I might compare him to uh, a guy that I, I've always liked um, – out in Buffalo, Deion Dawkins uh, might be a little bigger than Deion, but everybody said that Deion Dawkins couldn't play tackle coming out of Temple, but he started, I think, every game at Buffalo over the last three years and he's a solid player. So um, to me, Hall can be, he can be that guy. And I think he's a good kid and I think he's going to continue to improve. There's, and there's so many other players. I mean, um, May, Mayfield at Michigan, uh, looks like he struggles to me at right tackle. I think, Move him inside, I think he could be a really good guard. Uh, but he's got some flaws at tackle that I think you, you can't you got to have to address. He looks like a leaner. He looks like he gets overextended. Um, but there's, there's good tape on Jalen Mayfield. And, you know, it, it's a deep draft. I mean, you could go to Eichenberg at Notre Dame. Every single left tackle at Notre Dame, going back to Zach Martin, has been a first-round pick um, that has played that position. So – I mean, I think he's, there's a lot of good stuff to like. Tevin Jenkins at Oklahoma State is um, a guy that people want to really like. I think there's some question marks about um, just his overall play uh, that you wouldn't take him in the first two rounds. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think he play right tackle in this league. Uh, and, and you go on and on and on with these guys.
2: Any deep sleeper, any kid you find yourself kind of falling in love with who you don't see in a whole lot of, you know, mock drafts in the first couple of rounds?
1: Well, I think Trey Smith of Tennessee is, you know, really good football player. Um, it's kind of hard not to to like what what he shows you. Um, you know, but I but I, I think there's you know, like there's if I went to uh Eastern Carolina and you look at Deontay Smith. You know he's six foot nine. He's a giant. Um, he looks like he could play. Uh, he's just got good movement. He's got tremendous size. I think Jack Anderson at Texas Tech is going to be a good guard in this league. Somebody's going to draft him in the probably the fifth round. Played a lot of football at Texas Tech. He's a good pass blocker. He's got good size. There's nothing lot to like about Jack Anderson. You know he's just not going to be probably taking the first three rounds. Um, but I, but I like him. I'm I'm, I'm curious. About Alex Leatherwood at Alabama, I mean, he won the Outland trophy. <laughs> he won the Outland trophy, and nobody talks about him. Um, he he gets off balance at left tackle against really speed rushers, but you know, arm length, size, experience. I mean, I think Alex Leatherwood can play left tackle in the NFL. I know he can, but people probably might put him inside at guard, and that's fine. You know, there's a lot to like about Alex Leatherwood. I mean, um, he's played against uh, the league's best in the SEC for the last two or three years. So, at right tackle, left tackle. uh, You know, Aaron Banks at Notre Dame. uh, All the guys at Notre Dame. I mean, Mm -hmm. Aaron Banks is going to be a good football player. Creed Humphrey at Oklahoma is going to be a good center. Um, You know, so I I don't think it's a – like, I just don't think it's it's as top-heavy as it was last year. But I think there's a lot of depth here, of guys right. who are going to get drafted, and you know have a chance to play uh, right away.
2: Well, you noted that the immediate superstar factor might not be there uh, at that position the way it has been in some some recent drafts. Um, let's go to the guys who uh, those old linemen are going to have to block for years to come. Um, the the edge defenders, the pass rushers in this draft i'm I'm not gonna pretend I'm you a big film you? guy you know I mean I watch I watch a little but I talk to a bleep load of people yeah. and when you when you really put the gun to their head and say which of these kids if you needed one would you bang the table for they they uh, I mean I had one GM say, he said look I, I would say it's quitty pay and hope and pray and'm yeah. like, and he's like I'm not even the biggest quitty pay guy in the world but like if you're making me say which one, if I, you know what I mean? I could have my pick of him. He's like, he's the one, but boy, oh boy, there's medical, there's lack of sample size. There's, there's projectable bodies without production. Um, there's character, which in some cases, I, I, where do you stand? And, and, and do you even, do you have a top five? Of, of these kids. I'm sure four or five are going to go in the first round, Baldy, because they have to because you can't get these dudes in free agency and you hope you can coach them up. But the more I dig into this position group, the more I think buyer beware. Well, you know, you mentioned
1: free agency, and that's why the edge rushers won the free agency period this year because everybody knew that this is going to be a, it I'm not going to call it a weak class, but if there's no Miles Garrett in this class. There's nobody like that. You know, and there's nobody that has a body of work that you just fall in love with. I mean, <clears throat> including Pay, And so you just don't see pro- like major production from this group. Um, you look at Pay, you look at Agulari, um, you look at Rousseau. He did it for a year in 2019, didn't play this year. You look at Phillips. He did it this year, but he's had injuries and he transferred. and He had one year and even this year. I mean, I would take Quincy Roche over him, who played opposite him at Miami, who had nothing but production at Temple. He was the American Athletic Conference Player of the Year in 2019. Goes down to Miami um, this year, and he has a really good year at Miami. Um, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm, I, I can't. They're going to get drafted because that's where you draft these guys, you, you know, and you loved Phillips and Rousseau, you like their size. They look the part, but there's just not a lot of production there. Joseph Asai um, at Texas looks the part, but there's not a lot of production there. Um, I mean, I like Ronnie Perkins at Oklahoma. Um, he looks like a guy that you could take in the second round that might develop. That's We're, we're talking about guys that are going to get drafted off of measurables, which is always dangerous, um, and potential. Which is always dangerous. I like you just like to see it over a period of time. And you just don't, this class just doesn't have those players. And so it's, you said hope and pray. That might be the strategy that these teams have.
2: One area of the draft that I find myself liking more than most years, we've seen the sort of this symbiotic relationship between. Um, the running backs not being valued as much. So the guys who cover the running backs, right? The interior linebackers in a lot of cases, unless you're really, really special and have pass rush. Um, those guys have had to wait in some cases to the second round, even though they have first round talent, just because the the positional value, unless you're really a true run around four down linebacker, um, you, you may have some issues. I, I, I could see, five linebackers possibly going in the first round, Baldy. um, I I keep hearing a buzz about the Zayvon Collins kid at Mm -hmm. Tulsa. Um, Mm -hmm. The Davis kid at Kentucky, Mm -hmm. I think will go higher than people would have thought a couple of months ago. Um, The kid at Penn State, uh, I know there's some character issues there, but... Boy, you, anybody who watched Tampa right in the playoffs, and then you look at this kid and you say, well, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, I, you could build your defense that way.
1: Well, look, I, I, Devin White is an amazing player in Tampa. He was the fifth pick in the draft. Um, he ran in the four fours at 245 pounds. I mean, he is, he is a locomotive at the middle linebacker position that can strike, that knows where the ball is going, um, he's, he's a phenomenal player. There's no way in the world I can make the comparison to Micah Parsons. None. Like, I just don't think he finds the ball like that. Now, that being said, is there a gob of talent there? Yep. He's got all the size that you want. I don't see the impact hitting the way Devin White hits people and just explodes on contact. I don't see that, but this is a guy that you can rush off the edge. You can blitz up the middle run with any tight end in the whole business. I don't know how instinctive he is. I hear the issues about him. He did not play this year. Um, But the last game that he played in the Cotton Bowl against Memphis, he was really good. Um, Made a lot of big plays in that game. Uh, So he's going to be the first inside linebacker taken. Uh, He might not get out of the top 10, although I, I don't think he's going to be a top 10 player. Uh, Somebody might fall in love with him and maybe move up a few spots to make sure they get him. Uh, But I I, I would hesitate saying that he's Devin White. Devin White has been doing this since day one in Tampa, and he is the standard at middle linebacker right now in this business. Um, But Micah Parsons is a talented, talented player, no question, and players get drafted off that kind of talent.
2: Anybody else in this group stand out for you?
1: It's a good group. I don't think there's Devin White in this group, but look, Jeremiah Utsu-Kuromoa is kind of that player like Isaiah Simmons was last year. Maybe he's like Mm -hmm. Derwin James. You can line him up anywhere. He flashes with suddenness and quickness as much as anybody in this draft. Uh, And, you know, he he knows how to get to the ball. The problem is where are you going to play him? Because, you know, he's 20 pounds. And, you know, can you play him off the ball inside linebacker? let him just run and chase, all right. But if you're going up against the Cleveland Browns, what kind of impact is it going to have? You know, if they're just going to run Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt right down your throat. Like, is he going to be because if, if you're going in that direction, I mean, Patrick Queen was like that, and there was moments yeah. in Baltimore where Patrick Queen looked like he was worthy of that pick last year. But not every Sunday. Um, no. But David Collins at, Tampa, at Tulsa, I mean, you know, the size of the guy is just – He's immense. I mean he's 6'4, he's 260, maybe 265 pounds, and he runs well. And he he gets to the passing lanes and like he's all over the field. Um and he's he, you know, he's a talented, talented player. I you said there could be four or five of these guys taking the first round, he's gonna get taken. Um, and maybe you build your defense around him. Uh you you mentioned Jamin Davis at Kentucky. He was a one-year player at Kentucky, but the more people watch him. The more they just go, he's everywhere. And he can line up anywhere. And he looks like, you know, an every down linebacker. And he is. So, but he did it for one year, but he did it at a good conference. Um, you know, there's Jabil Cox who who transferred, you know, at LSU. Um, and there's Chaz Surratt, who was a former quarterback in North Carolina. And boy, he he sure he sure looks like a heck of a player over the last two years. Um, he, he might be the third best inside off-the-ball linebacker in this class. And I haven't even gotten to Nick Bolton at Missouri or Pete Warner um, at Ohio State or Dylan Moses at Alabama. I mean, all those guys. Um, I don't think they're first-round picks, but I, I think all those guys right. have
2: a chance to be good football players. Well, Baldy, anything else uh, on your mind here as we sit two weeks before the draft? And uh, obviously we'll be back to, 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 to break down the draft in, in earnest Um, draft week, but uh, anything else you need to get off your chest?
1: Well, I think you know, there's one player in this draft that I think teams so if you just look the way offenses are running right now if you don't have a stud flex tight end how good can your offense be? I mean, if you don't have Travis Kelsey running through the middle of your field or Darren Waller or or, Mark Andrews at time, if you don't have that guy How good can you be? And so, to me, Kyle Pitts is a player in this draft where you go, if you're going to trade up and maybe trade from far away to go get a player in this draft, it's Kyle Pitts. So, because I think he's going to be a great player in this league. He can block. He's improved his blocking in Florida. But when you look at size, speed, reach, Watch him against any elite corner in the SEC. Watch him against any bracket coverage. I mean, he knows how to beat it. And so while everybody, you know, is, you know, kind of pushing these quarterbacks up, I just think if there's one player that a team could fall in love with that might come from a long ways to go get, it could be Kyle Pitts.
2: Yeah. Generational talent and, uh, Comparisons to to Hall of Famers generally uh as you mentioned early in the in the in the pod, that sounds like hyperbole in most cases, but boy, I don't know how this kid doesn't immediately lift your offense up significantly from the first time he puts pads on and throws your helmet on. I, I just Well, I mean, where he, would, where he would is, Kansas is a City complete Memphis. freak of nature?
1: As good as Patrick Mahomes is, where would Kansas City be without Travis Kelsey? You know, look at what San Francisco's offense offense looked like, you know, without their tight end in the the offense. Um, These guys, third downs, red zone, um, you need a play. Zach Ertz in the Super Bowl when the Eagles win on fourth down. You know, where does Nick Nick Foles go? He goes to Zach Ertz. I mean, these guys, they're just different. Where was, you know, look at what New England did when they drafted two tight ends. You know, ten years ago, yeah, um, and, and look what how they just tr- transformed the whole league. Um, when you could get you know, uh, you know those type of players. So that's what we're looking at here, and I, you know, I know Dallas is. I mean, everybody's looking at him, but even Atlanta at four. Like, if you put that kid in that offense with Matt Ryan right now, I mean. Who knows what Atlanta could do yeah. if that guy just takes off? And so I, I think everybody's kind of looking at this guy, and and I think that if there's one player that's not a quarterback in this draft that might turn your franchise around, it just might be this
2: kid. Um, I am completely simpatico with you there, Baldy. Well, this has been a blast, and this has been the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. As always, we come to you courtesy of our friends – at odyssey uh as always rate review give us feedback on itunes spotify wherever you're listening uh and we will be back in a couple of weeks to dig deep on the first round of the nfl draft and probably a little bit beyond the first round as well Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening and baldy i am fired up to chat with you again uh, soon my friend
1: let's do it jason uh we're just it's only going to get more and more fun here Over the next two weeks leading up to April 29th in the rock and roll city of Cleveland.